Good morning. I'm Karen Adabani. Today we're going to be talking about the grand jury. I have a very special guest this morning. I'm going to introduce her, Kathy Wiley. Step up to your mic. Good morning. Good morning. Are you Thank there? you for having me. Yes. Okay. So Kathy has um, been one of these great community members that has stepped up for the last two years to be part of our Mendocino County grand jury. Uh, back a year before last, she was the secretary and elicited a wonderful report that you can get online at the website for the county. And this last year, she was the foreman. Um, and since you can only do two years in a row without an exception, she's off and has been uh, kind enough to come on the show this morning to help me talk about the grand jury. Uh, many years ago when I was on the radio, people who have been around as long as I have been will, re- will remember that I used to cover it um, at least once a year just to keep everybody informed. Because for me, being a political animal, as you all know, um, the the transparency and the work that the grand jury does i think is really important for our agencies and the different organizations in the county um i will tell everybody that um the being on the grand jury has been on my bucket list for many years <laughs> which i know is really weird but people have known me and listened to me for years no i have strange proclivities um so this is something i've always wanted to do but because as most people know i live very rurally and didn't have a lot of connectivity it was not something that was within my reach um since covid i mean there are bad things about covid but there are also some real positive things that come out of this whole thing is that they're doing uh zooming for the grand jury now so in actuality it looks like I may be able to do this coming up soon, which I will definitely put on my list. So I wanted to um, just take a minute to tell you, if you go to the website for the county, there is a section for the grand jury that has all this stuff I'm going to tell you, but I'm just going to highlight it. So you have to be 18 or older to get on the grand jury. You have to have been a resident in Mendocino County for at least one year. Okay, Um, and they want you to be interested in investigating and the performance of local uh, government agencies. They'd like you to be enthusiastic about opportunities to recommend solutions to improve county government and services. You need to be a good listener and ask thoughtful questions, ready to commit. Uh, The commitment's about, they say, six hours per week for a year, uh, willing to ensure investigations remain confidential, Prepare to cooperate with 18 others to achieve a common goal. Access to a computer and working knowledge of email, online research, and word processing. So what does the grand jury do? The grand jury is the county's only independent watchdog of government agencies and services. It's composed of 19 volunteers. It investigates and monitors the performance of county city, and local governing entities, including special districts. It has the responsibility to make recommendations to improve local government. The grand jury speaks as one voice for the residents of Mendocino County. It is empowered by the judicial system. The civil grand jury is independent of administrators, politicians, and legislatures. The grand jury is a volunteer position, of course. So... 
that kind of, let's see, investigations. The grand jury investigates all matters ranging from insufficiencies in local government to misconduct in office by public officials. And anyone may submit a complaint by either um, completing a grand jury complaint form or by writing a letter to the grand jury and complaints are treated confidentially. So, Kathy Wiley, is that a pretty good introduction? Is that a pretty good introduction? Yes. Uh, the only thing I would add is that um, sometimes c people confuse uh, criminal with the civil, and uh, we are civil watchdog. Uh, a criminal grand jury has been convened in this county, but it's only by uh, the district attorney who convenes those, and it was separate from the civil jury. So. Um, it's confusing because most states ha uh, have just criminal grand juries. Yeah. California and one or two other states ha are the only states who have civil watchdog functions. Oh, is that right? Now, that I didn't know because it does say it's been involved in California. We've had the civil in California since 18 or 16, no, wait, 18 something, 1850. <laughs> well, it said yeah, it it's come, been a bit. It started basically the whole grand jury system was started in England, is what it says up on the website. But um, yeah, in the statehood, when we became a statehood in 1850, I didn't realize that. That's good information. Yes, yeah, so this is a, this is a, good community grassroots i would say uh watchdog um it is under the supreme the superior court of mendocino county so the presiding judge who is, is still janine nadell this yeah. year okay judge nadell nadell so she sets the she's the one that swears people in and kind of oversees it all and if you have issues where you need to call somebody in and witnesses and stuff you go through her is that correct Right. Uh, you, you can submit applications through the Superior Court. And just last Friday, Judge Nadell uh, held a lot. Of, we actually had more um, applications than positions, which is great. And uh, then names were drawn by lottery and a new jury was seated last Friday with Carol Hester being the new grand jury foreman. So I speak today only as a citizen. I am no longer a spokesman for the jury. Correct. You're doing it. You're a civil servant who has done your deed. I will tell you, you did a, you did a lot of work on that. <laughs> well, it's true. It is it is a big commitment, but it's important that we have individuals that are willing to step up and do this. So so if I throw my name into the pile and say, hey, I want to do it next year. All right. Let's say I jump in. Uh, what kind of a screening process is there? Do they make sure I don't have a criminal record? I'm not wanted by somebody. I haven't done something. Yeah, I mean, what's the extent yeah. of that? They do a, a basic background check through the court system to make sure, you know, that you're not some wanted felon or something. I don't know. They do a criminal background check. And then essentially, if you meet the other criteria, being 18, living in the county, being willing, um, you know, you put in the lottery and then they draw names and it's the first 19 that are called. This year we were lucky, lucky we had five holdover jurors, so they drew 14 uh, new members and most of those are brand new members and some may wonder, wow, how do I do that? Well, we offer training. Um, and they, they have uh, two days of training where they um, learn how to be an impartial grand juror and how to conduct investigations and how to write reports about those investigations. 
Okay, so we do have some holdovers every year. Um, I think I read that you can have up to 10 holdovers or that, but we yeah. have, there's five. That's good because starting fresh every year would seem rather challenging, I would think, to try to have a whole new crew come in. So we've got that. So we've got our, we've got our grand jury seated now uh, for the next year. They're going to be training. And then how do we go about, let's, let's talk about how they decide First off, they they I read that they go in and they look at the previous process from the last year, the structure of how you're going to work, how, what everybody does, but that's not necessarily the way that they'll do it this year. They can go in and look at the past process and change it slightly. Is that, um, you did it two years in a row, is that something you really change and modify each year or is it pretty much there's a format and you kind of stick to that? Um, so we have an internal working manual okay. um, that's approved by the presiding judge. That's our rules of procedure, basically. And um, every year, each jury is completely independent, and they must adopt their own rules of order. We've passed our manual forward to them, um, and you know, it's up to them. Do they want to follow the rules that we, we did last year or do they want to adopt new rules? If new rules are adopted, of course, they have to abide by the penal codes and they also must be approved by the presiding judge. So generally, year to year, there isn't much change in the manual itself. And that's just the process for how the, the, the committee members work together and the reporting process? Is that pretty much what it covers? Yeah, and it, um, you know, so the, so the jury itself has some internal offices. There's the foreman, there's a, a payroll treasurer position, there's a recording secretary to record our own minutes so we know what we did and how to go forward. And um, then there's a pro tem who is the, uh, you know, the vice chair, I guess, and it would step in in the case where the foreman isn't available. And... Um, there's also standing internal committees. We have an administration committee that's, you know, how do we run ourselves? We have a continuity committee that was back to one of your other points. Um, the continuity is probably one of the most important internal committees because it's responsible for taking last year's work and looking at the responses and making sure, you know, number one, did the entity actually respond? Did they respond timely? And did they respond in a meaningful way? And if all those things are met, then the continuity report uh, committee reports back to the full panel, yes, you know, they did their response. If there's a problem with a response uh, or an entity simply just, you know, shined us on, then then that's also reported to the full panel. And the, the full panel has the decision whether or not they want to continue the investigation or, uh, you know, write a subsequent a letter reminding the entity you know however they want to deal with that so have we had i don't remember there being years ago i have to say and this was years ago i don't remember there being a continuity committee is that something that's come about probably more recent than it's 15 a, years no it's it's really again probably one of the most vital functions yeah. because we're a we're a shine the light organization we have no police power and by shining the light, we're hoping that people, you know, uh, so let me back up. The report is very um, structured and there we must discuss the facts of our investigation. And then we must um, we must point out findings, you know, it, which is the fact 
plus the jury's editorial about the fact, you know, X special district does this and we really like it. That's a finding. And then we also have to make recommendations based on that finding. So X special district does this and the jury really likes it. And the recommendation would be keep on doing that. So obviously that's a very simplistic thing, but that it's a, a very rigid format that we have to follow. And that's, um, it takes a little getting used to, to get into that report format, but it's really effective because it, um, one of the other powers of the jury is that respondents must respond to us. They cannot blow us off. And or, you know, there's a contempt problem happening potentially with the court. So uh, for boards, they get 90 days to respond to a grand jury report. And for individuals, it's 60 days if they're elected. And if they are a department head or some other and some other role, um, they we request that they respond and they don't have to generally respond. Okay. Although some of them really want to take the opportunity to either say, hey, thanks a lot, or no, you really blew this. Here's here's what you got wrong. Well, thanks for clarifying that, because I think a lot of the... Um a lot of the comments or a lot of the follow-up from the has been or criticism of the grand jury reports in the past has been oh there's no follow-up nobody follows through they just put this report out and then everybody shines them on or you know says oh no 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 we didn't do that and then blow it off so this is good to hear yeah well i, I just let me say something about that <laughs> uh even when the entity responds and says no we don't agree we're not going to do that formally in a um there's a formalized response even when they do that, we went back and looked. Six months later, you know what? They did it. Oh. They went ahead and did it anyway. Wow. And so, uh, overwhelmingly, we get pretty positive action on our recommendations. And, folks, if you want to go to, again, I'm referring to the county website because that's where all these reports are. There's a whole list of them. I can't remember. It said, you know, past ones, but I think it goes way far back. Um, You can see the past year's reports, and they also have the continuum uh, reports the contu- about the compliance reports or reports as to follow up as to what actions or inactions or if any action was taken um, from these different reports. Um, let me just take a minute. I'm Karen Audubonny. This is TKO. My guest this morning is Kathy Wiley, and we're talking about the grand jury, what it does, how it interacts, and all that kind of stuff, because I want to get you, the listeners, and our communities activated, because this is great to hear you had more people apply than was needed to be seated for this year but i will say in the past through covid and even prior to covid there's been several times where i've seen that the court has had to extend the application period because they just did not have enough people willing or able to step up and be part of this incredible process which i think is really valuable for all of our county entities Uh, i'm just going to throw out some of the topics that were covered in last year's um, grand jury report and the prior year. I'm not going to talk about the reports. I'm just going to give you the titles so you get an idea of what this, you know, what the grand jury is doing. Uh, last year, the reports covered the Measure B reexamination, 
Uh, the county jail, Mendocino County Jail, they had to report on the county programs of last resort. The Redwood Valley Water uh, County, what Redwood Valley County Water District was looked into. The Cannabis Equity Grants. Uh, another title is Mendocino Special Education Services and Community Corrections Partnerships. So that's just the ones that were covered last year. Um, and then the prior year they did two, four, six, eight. So you can go to the website and get all the information. It also has applications if you want to apply to be on next year's. So be this is something I think this is a commitment that you have to think about. This is this why I'm giving everybody some time to think about next year or the year after that. Uh, well, and it really is up to you how much time you want to devote. We we put six hours kind of just we threw a dart on a wall. But um it's really up to you how much time you want to commit. Um the each when committees are formed by twelve of nineteen. So 12 of 19 have to vote I in order to do anything, to form a committee, to release a report. Uh, It's not one person running the show. And so if 12 of 19 decide that they want to do an investigation, you know, then it goes forward. I do want to say that with the last two years in COVID, we have adopted Zoom as a platform and it's worked out really, really well for the jury we conducted most of our interviews this past two years via zoom and we're able to um save the county forty thousand dollars a year in travel costs by not being on the road and not burning all that windshield time i live in albion a lot of the meetings were in ukiah and you can imagine the time lost you know in travel and the other um i think really positive thing about zoom is that it enables people from Laytonville or Guala or Covalo places that traditionally were not you know if you're coming from Covalo to Ukiah same drive it's it's really tough now you can sit on your couch and zoom into meetings and be a participant uh, it's it's a game changer for the jury and how it functions. And then back to how much time you devote uh, when you volunteer to be on a committee and an inter- internal investigative committee. The committee itself decides where how they want to meet and when they want to meet. And so the committee may decide to meet weekly. They may meet every other week, once a month. It's up to each committee and how much time they have to devote to a topic. So while we said it's six hours a week, you know, it, it varies. Yeah, I would imagine with the topic. So let's so let's go back and just walk through this. Let's just, let's you and I just walk through this process. Um, I know there are certain uh, entities that the grand jury is required to check in on every year. Not necessarily generate a report, but there is uh, the jail or any kind of prison in our county. They have to check in on that. Just to check in, they don't have to make a report. They just got to check in and make sure nothing's going on. So that's one of them. What was the other one? I had a list of them. I lost it. Do you Uh, know? I have to, sorry, we have to just look at one department within the county so those are the two penal code requirements we have to have a look-see on the jail facilities within the county okay and we are uh, supposed to produce 
at least one report on a county department. On any county department. Okay, when they talk mm-hmm. about the jail, can that be juvie or the jail, or is the juvie and jail together? Yeah, it's, one. It's, it's any holding facility. Any, okay. So it could even be the Fort Bragg holding cells, you know. All right. And then people send in, uh, like, oh, gee, I think something funky's going on at this, say, community service, or say, I'm going to go with the local CD... Um, Community service district, a district, let's just say a district or a water agency. Some, mm-hmm. Somebody writes in a complaint or a query, can you look into this? So you get you get requests for investigations, correct, in the mail. Um, and then you have all these agencies and things that are out there. So when, when they seat the new grand jury, what's the process for deciding what the topics are going to be investigated? What topics are going to be investigated? Which agencies? Which organizations? Mm-hmm. How do you decide that? So, first of all, the new term just began. Correct. And so, the calendar is wide open. So, this is a great time to submit complaints because they haven't developed their calendar and they haven't figured out what are we going to do yet. Um, So, uh, there's two ways that investigations are decided upon. Again, it's 12, at least 12 of 19 have to say, yay, we're going to go forward on this investigation. Um, Citizen complaints are in writing. They can be verbal. They can be anonymous. Um, Just any way a citizen wants to reach out to the grand jury. And those are considered at full panel meetings. And um, generally, we stay away from anything in court because we don't want to get in the middle of a court proceeding. But other than that, um, if it's within our lane, then we consider it for investigation. And again, it's back to, um, you know, how much time can the committees devote to this? So if a complaint gets submitted, let's say in February, it's less likely to be taken up because there's just, we're running out of time to do the investigation, write the report, have the report reviewed by county council, have it reviewed by the presiding judge, and then released to the public. So there's there's a timing issue there, um, but if a complaint is submitted late in the term, we have an option through um, with the judge's permission to move those complaints forward to the next year. So we did receive one or two complaints very late in this term that have been passed forward to the new jury. So somebody doesn't have to re- yeah they don't have to re submit it that's passed no. through. Okay, great. No. All right, good. Uh, um, and then also internally uh, we can. We can generate investigation ideas. And so if a juror comes to us and says, you know, gosh, I'm part of the uh, cemetery district and they're not handling the money right, which actually happened in this county, um, then we can also do that. You know, 12 of 19 can, can vote to do that investigation, too. Okay, so that's the crowd. So it's really good that we're having this show today and telling everybody about the process and all of that. If you have some concerns or something issue you think the grand jury should be looking into, I believe there's a complaint report on the website also. If you go to the county website for the grand jury, I think there's a, a little section where you can actually get an official complaint form. They have the address where you can mail it to it. There's also a phone number where I figure you could call anonymously and say, hey, how about checking this group out? Am I on track here with that? Yes. Those are those are I kind of uh-huh. th- I think those are probably the three ways best to do it. Complaint on from the county website, uh, call 
Um, oh, well, there's an email site, too, so I'd imagine, I don't know how anonymous that is, but you could also email yeah. them, I believe. So there you go. Uh, and, well, and then I would like to stress the yeah. confidentiality. Yes. Um, we are sworn to confidential uh, relations amongst ourselves and, um, and between us and the public. And so we may never disclose where we got testimony, and that's both to protect the witness and also... Um, uh, to let the, you know, to let the public know that that if you are a whistleblower, no one is going to discover that you blew the whistle, and that encourages people to come forward who who might otherwise be hesitant. Say you're a county employee and you don't like the way your department head is running the show, you're anonymous when you come to the grand jury, and in fact. It, uh, they don't even have a camera on the back side to preserve that anonymity on yeah, that word. If, um, <laughs> if people show up in person and are concerned that, you know, their whistleblowing might hurt them otherwise. Okay. So that's that, I mean that, and that it has to be anonymous. I mean, you just can't, you couldn't operate otherwise um, with getting information out of people. So we've got the, process how you get on the jury we've got the process to how you get um a query or an inquiry to the grand jury so they're in the process now of getting trained they're going to be within the next month or i would imagine sitting down and picking out topics they're going to cover um yeah i know in the past there's been a lot of different reports generated um is there a limit to how many people is it just a matter of time and the ability yeah. to do it as to how many reports and how many investigations you do with each jury yeah That's and each like- jury has its own um unique personality i have to say working with this past year's uh complement of jurors was just really really enjoyable uh, they were very collegial they were truly interested and dedicated in facts and writing recommendations that were doable and you know they were just a very thoughtful group it was really a pleasure um well when you when you talk about that's a good point because one of the things i've thought about in the past there's no besides basically being a resident being in good standing with law enforcement and you know and being 18 years of age there aren't any other skills that are required or you know like you don't have to be i mean you need to be able to get online and do research and stuff but it's not like you're required to have any skills to sit on the grand jury which i could see being good and encumbering in some ways you want people that yeah it's nice when people come with some skills either investigative skills curiosity skills um critical thinking you know what i mean uh, sorry i think that's actually kind of a um a plus about the grand jury is that there are people coming from very diverse backgrounds. They're not just, um, you know, white collar employees or employers. It's a very diverse group, and that's the strength because we must listen to each other's points of view, and 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 then get some consensus and believe me that's not always easy (laughs) when you're sitting around trying to get 12 of 19 people to to uh, agree to something um but that's the strength that that there is that diversity 
Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you. I see, I'm glad you see it that way. I mean, I can see having people with different opinions, different coming from different backgrounds, that would be either helpful or not so helpful. So you've you've got all these people impaneled. You've sat down. You pick the topics. Uh, you probably have a longer list than you really can achieve. Maybe sometimes. Oh. I wanted to say, there's. we yeah. also keep an internal matrix of departments and what we've done over the years. So we oh, can go yeah. back and say, you know, in 2013, 2018, and 22, we went and looked at the county jails. So we tick, tick the matrix off, and we hand that forward year to year so that the jury has an idea of what departments really haven't been looked at for a while. And that, that may be the basis for the internal recommendation to investigate X department. You know, we haven't looked at transportation in 10 years or something like that. That was exactly the one. By the way, Howard, thank you, Howard. You're great. Uh, not Not picking on transportation at all. No, but that was the first one that jumped in my head. That's funny. We both thought of it. But no, yes, Howard DeShield great guy been there for ages is wonderful does does wonders with his department and no money period uh, amazing <laughs> amazing things. all right yeah. so we're all howard to show fans here okay <laughs> so anyway all right just a quick update you're listening to kizwi x and z i'm karen Audubani. this is tko and we're covering all the topics related to the grand jury this morning uh, my guest is kathy wiley she was on the grand jury for two years had key roles folks i gotta tell you the secretary for me any organization any group to get together when you're doing work like this you've got to have a secretary that is good and knows what they're doing and I will say, if you look at the reports, I'm going to applaud Kathy and give her a pat on the back. If you look at the past reports from the grand jury, I will say last year when she was on, or year before last when she was the secretary, the report is incredibly well written and understandable. That's what I like. I like it when it's understandable. Um, so thank you and, very much. And I cannot take credit for that. Um, you can. I only, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm only the reporting secretary, but and that's an internal role, but. Again, it's the committee work and and the diligence of finding the facts, analyzing the problem, trying to make some findings and some recommendations that are doable. Yeah. One of the benefits of serving on a jury is that you understand the complexities that face the departments in our county. In a small rural county that if we didn't have a Southern California tax base supporting us, you know, we could we couldn't even have roads in this county. Thank you for saying that. I'm always saying that Mendocino County is a money in, not a money out county. We get so much more money from the states and the feds than we could ever think about getting out of this county. So yes, and it is true. We are we are supported by SoCal and all those people down there in a lot of ways. Um, so let me let me get back to the whole concept of you're talking about these committees internally. So say we've got five topics and how many people are dealing with each topic? I mean, I can we can pick any one of the topics, but um, you've got um, you've got a well, topic where you're going to go. Yeah, generally go it's four to five people that have an interest in a topic, but it can be as little as two. Oh. We may not do anything alone. You cannot call up a department and head and say, hey, I'm the foreman and I want to talk to you. It has to be done in two so that, that, so that two people are hearing it. It's, um, and then it has to be verified. So when we find a fact or what we think is a fact, we have to go find somebody else to, to, to let us know that same thing so that we cannot 
we have to triangulate every single piece of information that appears in the report. Okay, so that, wow, that's really like investigative tracking things down totally then. Yeah, because we, you know, certainly we would not want to produce a report that's incorrect. No, (laughs) I I can see that. Factually incorrect, because then our findings and our recommendations would be skewed with incorrect information. So let's just, um, since we already talked about Howard's department and the Department of Transportation, and I doubt he's on the docket this year for being investigated, let's just use the Department of Transportation as an example. Okay, let's just walk through a prototype. Uh, you decide you're going to see what's been going on in the Department of Transportation. Of course, you get a hold of Howard, you talk to Howard, um, and you want to talk to employees and all that. Do you actually have to go through the courts to subpoena them, or you just send them a request? How does that all yeah, work? Generally not. Um, and the department heads in this county are really great to work with. They know the the drill on the grand jury, if you will. Okay. And um, they are very cooperative generally about um, letting us know. They want to tell us about their department and how their department runs and set us straight if we have an issue or a question. They're very accommodating. Occasionally, we will have to subpoena a department head. Uh, I can't think of, I've served since 2003, I can't really think, I can think of one department head in the eight terms I served that had to be subpoenaed, and that, well, only one. Uh, We will uh, um, occasionally have to subpoena an individual um, with regard to a special district or something like that, and that's obviously a court process where the judge says yes uh, we uh, get to subpoena that person to appear but generally people are accommodating and is this things that i mean i know these reports are are not going to put anybody in jail and not get anybody in trouble but this isn't a situation where they're sworn in and it's under that type of a situation where they're swearing actually they really are they really are uh, oh wow yeah okay uh, a foreman has the opportunity to put a witness under oath Wow, and we all always read an admonishment to our witnesses that says that whatever they were asked or whatever they told us is to remain confidential under a um, possible contempt of court charge. Wow. Okay, new information. This is the kind of stuff that you don't that you don't get. Okay, so you have people. So you've got these committees of a topic. They're digging deep. They're talking to people in the department or the community organization, like a water district or a sewer district or a, even a um, cemetery district. So you've got some. You're interviewing people. You um, should be able to get access to their records. Right, all of their yes, their records. Yeah. So the jury has full access to any records that any okay. county records, um, even um, confidential records. Um, and and I wanted to go back on one other point. Um, we the jury has a, a penal code power to remove someone from office or to recommend removal. It's called an accusation process. And it's it's a last resort if um, we find criminal activity 
by some public officer, then we can put that forward to the district attorney, and the district attorney can actually remove the person. So, but prior going, oh, to the, sorry, the, uh, make a court, make okay. um, a court. It's not the DA. Eister's not removing somebody. It's the court action initiated through the district attorney's office. So it would come through the uh, supreme, the superior court head, and then go to the DA and recommend what they want to do, and then they decide. Basically, that's pretty much how it would go. Right? Yes. Okay, good. All right, so now we're getting the process down. So are all the... So let's say you're doing an investigation. You got you got a committee of three. You're investigating some, one of the hot, one of the cemetery districts. And does does every investigation, every topic you pick, does a does a report actually get generated? Or no. So what would happen? Not always. Okay. So let's go so through what happens. Normally, what happens internally? What happens is that. Um, the committee reports very regularly to the full panel because the full panel, all, t- all 19, have to know what's going on in the investigation, pretty intimate details about the investigation, so that they can vote on a final report if a report is issued. A report, some investigations, we accept it, uh, say we accept a citizen complaint about um, allegating, alleging that... Uh, you know, X department didn't bill me right. And we find out that indeed the billing is correct or that the person didn't understand the process. Generally, when a citizen complains, they're the first interview. Tell us, tell us all about what you what to do or understand. So they're the first interview. When we go after the interview and try and triangulate that information, we find out, you know, that's not really true. Then the uh, that also goes to the full panel. And teen either have to say, keep going or stop. And if they keep going, then it may or may not actually result in a report. I see. Okay. So, for example, last year I can say that we um, investigated... Uh, probably 12 to 15 topics and you can see we had seven reports right i see all right well that seems reasonable that's pretty good okay i'm going to we're, we're going to continue talking about some of this stuff to get everybody involved in this but i will open up the phone lines if you have some questions or concerns about the grand jury uh 707-895-2448 keep your questions and stuff concise please know what you're going to say 895-2448 you got to do that 707 now days as they say here so again my guest is kathy wiley and we're talking all things grand jury um so is there any meeting in in person now or is everything done on zoom with the grand jury um, the last yeah, it's we're, we're sort of a hybrid um they're are folks who live in Ukiah and it's convenient for them to show up in the office. We also Zoom simultaneously, so it's however someone wants to participate. And occasionally a witness will want to come and talk in person. Great, come on in. The grand jury room is located at 501 Low Gap, and so um, many meetings are in person. But again, uh, I was able to participate on committees sitting on my couch rather than driving two and a half hours round trip this year. So not only was it economical in terms of juror time, we saved the county a lot of money. 
So where's that? Where's the the grand jury room at? Is it at the? Is it's it five hundred one Logap? It's actually. It's uh, not at the county court yeah. at the at the county seat. Then it's right there in yeah. the complex. Mm-hmm. It is. Oh, and it's um, kind of below the sandwich shop. Is the best way to describe it. <laughs> Okay. All right. So you can do some of the stuff there. All right. So that's great. So I didn't realize. I thought you'd only been on two years. You've been doing this since '03. You've done, you've sat on eight different years. Yeah. Of my first, I think my first year was '03, '04, '02, '03, somewhere back there. And um, you know, you are allowed to serve one year, and then if the judge allows, you may hold over for the second year, and then you must drop off. So there's no perennial juror. Okay. Uh, and once you drop off, then that year off, you're allowed to come back on if you'd like. And again, you know, process repeats. Well, and I think the, I, I like the idea of having the continuity because I think recreating the wheel every year sets you back to some extent. Because of, also because of um, what I'm finding out is your internal structure is a lot more, I don't want to say complicated, it's just more intense than I had realized in the past. And mm-hmm. now, now you and I sitting here talking, um, there's a lot more going on in internally than I had ever, uh, yes. and than I had ever understood. So, walking in fresh and trying to hit the ground running, even after two trainings, I would think would be very difficult. Um, sure, it's a little daunting. But what helps is that you have to adopt your rules of procedure right at the beginning. Right, right. And so that's a chance to nineteen people sit around the table, walk through the workbook together and under or the our our manual and decide or you know, this is the penal code about examining the jail facilities. This is the penal code, you know. So we step by step go through and understand together how we will operate going forward for the year. And fresh eyes are great. Uh, don't be daunted by the fact that you're gonna get some training. You know, that there is support there, and uh, fresh eyes are good, in my opinion. And there is the continuity. There's always two or three that hold over, or more. Uh, Up to ten can hold over. And so, um, uh, we also have support of county council and the district attorney, our two legal advisors. So, there's a lot of support coming on when you become a juror. So the county council, so I would I would imagine that you as the foreman or any of the other, you as the foreman would be the one interacting with the, the judge in charge, correct? The individual, yeah, and, individual members don't, don't go directly to the county council or the, or the judge in charge, correct? Right. Uh, and then again, that's a rules of procedure. So okay. every year, 19 people have to decide that's how they're going to work. But in the past, the foreman is the is the uh, liaison between uh, the court and the councils. And so if a committee says, well, you know, I just don't know what to do, or this person won't show up, the foreman goes to council and, and gets whatever council is available, comes back to the committee and full panel, you know, gives the information back, and then just, and then there's a conversation about what do we do next. So when you, in during these 20, I would imagine in the two days or however long of the training sessions that you do, um, are those in person or are, those, are you doing those by Zoom also? Uh, they were actually in person the last two days and okay. the new um, Measure B training facility in Redwood Valley. Oh, 
great. That's good that that's being used. I just, I just, as everybody knows, I streamed the board meeting, supervisors meetings. I streamed it yesterday, and part of the discussion was using that facility more now that it's up and running. I'm glad to yeah, hear that. Yeah, it's a fabulous facility. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things about it, and I was just getting the usage up is what everybody was concerned about. Great. So part of, I would imagine, I'm going to propose suggest, I would imagine that uh, part of that training that the jurors for this year got was with the county council being there to help guide them? Is that part of it? To explain uh, things to I them? Or? Really, council is not part of the training. The oh. training is done by the California Grand Jurors Association. They send five people up and they, they spend two days you know, trying to help you understand what the penal codes say you must and must not do. Okay, so that, so that comes out of the state. That comes out of Sacramento. And they send up five people? No. Um, the California Grand Jurors Association is a nonprofit organization. Oh. Its specific mission is to train the 58 juries around the state each year. Oh, wow. So that's not... Okay, so that's a whole, whole separate nonprofit. I actually went to their website. You can just Google Grand Jury and you can get a lot of information on the website. Um, I went to their website to get see what the common questions were and stuff, so, but I didn't realize, I just didn't pick up that it was a nonprofit. So they send up five people for training. Oh, wow. That sounds fascinating. That sounds good to do. All right. So, Kathy, we've got a caller coming in. I'm going to see if we can get them lined up this morning. Uh, and to the listeners, if you want to get involved in this conversation, Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Let me see if we can get this first caller on. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning. I have two questions um, that are sort of psychological. Um, the first question for your guest is: She's been on the grand jury since '03 several times. What moved her to continue to con- you know? to reapply and, and rejoin. What, what is it about being on the grand jury that was so attractive? And the second one is, some years I know it's been like pulling teeth to get enough people to apply to be on the grand jury. And she said there were more applicants than positions this year. So what might be the impetus for that? And I'll take my answer on the air. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Got the why? Yeah, the um, why. Why I do it. Uh, first of all, I guess uh, just an overriding um, demand, internal demand for public service. I think it's a great way to serve your community. And what I find it really fascinating work. Um, I have learned more about how the county runs and why the county doesn't do such you know certain things or can't do certain things it's just been so educational it's fascinating to me and that's why i keep returning um i think that's true for most of the people who serve on the jury occasionally there's someone who has an axe to grind and of course they want to uh, grind it with 19 other 20, 18 other people those are quickly ferreted out because we we even if it's an internal investigation where a grand juror brings the sacks forward the the 18 other people are responsible to figure out is this a personal acts is this a is this an actual problem and if so how do we go forward in some cases um the juror is recused from participating in any way with the investigation or the approval of the report 
for public release. Uh, that happens fairly, uh, fairly regularly. And it's sort of an internal self-policing mechanism that, that kicks in at that point. Uh, and the other was, um, why has the participation level up up the the show? Oh, yeah, so, I'm going to say um, Zoom, but that's just me. Well, I uh, the court undertook um, a campaign this year and and made it a lot more visible um, to their credit and. We just had more applicants. People knew that this that this was an opportunity, and that uh, I think that was a function of the court advertising more. Huh? I would I would I would suggest possibly Zoom and us be us remote people in the hills maybe have an opportunity to get out and do it. But yeah, I guess now that we have Zoom, maybe the next few years you'll be able to see whether that happens. Kathy, we've got another caller, and I'd like to see what they have to say. Whoops, they dropped off. Try again, caller. Sorry we didn't get you on. Up oh, there, they are right back. Okay, here we go. Let me push the buttons. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. What's your question? Good morning. Yes, I have a question. Yes. Um, yes. If the jury has uh, 19 members, what happens if uh, one drops out during, or one or more drop out during the, the session? Yeah. All right. Can you take that on the air? Thank you. Yeah, and I'll follow That's- up. Uh, and, That's uh, a great question. If, uh, if, how, if there is a person. You- go ahead. You're good. If there is a person who cannot serve the full term for whatever reason, and of course, family always comes first. If you can't serve, then there are, um, this year there was one alternate juror that's already been pulled and is ready to fill in, and the alternate juror took the training as well, and so that um, they can step right into the role. Uh, At some certain point, however, you know, if it's February and they drop off, then it may not be uh, valuable to have another person step in that role. As long as 12 people do um, any approval, uh, 12 people decide. So as long as we have 12, we are a functioning jury. If we drop down this below 12 in this county, then we're dead in the water. Cannot do any other thing. Right. Caller, did you have a follow-up on that? Sorry. Just uh, how often does that happen when people drop out? All right. Thank you for the call. Oh, yeah. Probably once a year, somebody has a family something. Yeah, and the and the law requires that you just have a quorum of nineteen, which is the twelve. That's why the t- number twelve keeps coming back. Is that that's a quorum? Um, that's also a quorum to make a to decide what to investigate. It's also a quorum for the reports. Correct. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's where that goes. Okay, we can get in maybe one last question, 707-895-2448. I just wanted to say to the foreman, the the office of the foreman, it's it's not a super vote. The foreman is one of 19 votes. And when I am foreman or have served, um, I view the role as the facilitator rather than an operator, I guess, of the jury, so that um, I'm in the background, you know, making sure the interview happens, sending out the emails, organizing the agendas for the meetings, those sorts of facilitation things. But I don't have a super vote as a foreman, one of 19. 
So when you talk about these committees and say, let's just say we have a committee of four people working on a particular topic, do they set their own agenda as to how often they meet, how they work on it? And then, and they, they, they coordinate their own activity within that committee. Is that correct? Yes. So long as it doesn't involve, uh, you know, counsel or the judge. And that's where the foreman would get involved to facilitate to get that going all right so we're coming up uh, we've only got like a few minutes left and any of the topics we haven't hit that you want to get out because i really want to encourage people to get involved i i mean i i do i i look into a lot of what's going on in the county because of these radio shows i do i love it i'm like kathy this is my this is my community um give back because i i am a political animal i enjoy doing this um but it's it, it's it's to keep you the listeners informed and to get you active because it takes all of us stepping up to do all of these things in the community that keeps our community functioning and that's what we're trying to do here. So, Kathy, um, have we missed any of the topics? I think we've covered a lot, but you're been there longer than I have. What's- I would just um, make a pitch to the people in the outlying areas that. Yes have never had the opportunity to serve the Covalo folks, Laytonville, maybe even the North Coast, South Coast. Generally, um, the Ukiah Valley is fairly well, Ukiah Willits, fairly well represented on a jury each year. But those outlying areas don't get the representation that they deserve. And now that Zoom is, is a part of the grand jury process, suddenly this window opens up where you can be a part of the public service without the drive well and that's that's one of the other things there is no demographic requirements for the grand jury like we don't have to have one or two from the fifth district one or two for the first district there has been grand juries in the past where the majority of the people were from the ukiah valley i've seen that in the past so that's um that's sad for me to see because I would see like to see more diversity it, mm-hmm. from on the grand jury seated on the grand jury, um, but I don't know how you could do that and get people to get involved. So that's the other thing. Um, so now it used to well, be. And yeah. I was just going to say sorry. Yeah. That's a struggle because yeah. you know people work, they have lives, <laughs> um, and so generally the jury ends up being more senior in age yeah um and i was really happy this year to see a wide age range appointed to this new jury oh really and i i wonder if it's a function of the zoom opportunities i don't know i don't know what what the change was but the the group is a decidedly younger age group than in the past juries that i've served on so that's encouraging yeah i actually looked to find a list um of who the jury members are this year, and they haven't posted that yet. So I now yeah, um, there'll didn't. be an article out later this week or next week about oh, the new uh, jury members. 
And it's a public list. It's it's no big secret. No, no, no. I just had, I knew it wasn't secret. I just hadn't seen it posted on the website or anything yet because I knew, well, it just got seated, folks. And I knew, I knew that this show was going to be on the cusp of the new grand jury coming in at the end of the last grand jury. So I thought it was a good time to just get people back knowing about that we've got this great opportunity and all of that. So I'm glad to hear that there's probably somebody younger than 50 or 60 on the grand jury this year. Yes. (laughs) I mean, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's an internal chuckle. Okay, that's an internal chuckle because it is true. Until people are retired, it's hard to have the time to do it. It's hard. And and besides that, again, like you've said, like I've said, being able to do it by Zoom cuts off that travel time, and it really does help with the commitment too. Um, I mean, you probably have to be available. I was just going to say, you probably have to be available during the day to talk to county agencies and things. That's probably somewhat of a restriction, but I would think that'd be about it. Go ahead. Yeah, although we do off-hour interviews, too, and again, it's up to each committee how they want to do it. I would just encourage members of the Latinx community to consider joining. It's a very underrepresented group on our grand jury. We recognize it. We don't have a way to bridge the gap there and so and, that's my pitch and the native american community also and of course the native american yeah community. we need a lot of voices well kathy i'm going to get here and wrap up because we're coming up the top of the hour thank you so much for the work that you've done um, I know behind the scenes like that, you probably don't get a lot of recognition, but I shout out to you for doing it. Um, so much for coming on the air, and keep up the great work. Thanks a lot, Thank Kath- you. Kathy Wiley. Thank you. Have a great day. Take care. You bet. Okay. All right, folks, that was Grand Jury Talk. I will be back with you in two weeks. Stay tuned. Have a great sunny day. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.